Hey there, how are you? I hope you're having an amazing day or evening, depending on where you are in the world. Today, we are going to be talking about the bias that you can see in the interview process and uh, some tips on how to avoid it. So stay with me. You are listening to the Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast, where we talk about all things career-related. I tell you how it is, and we get right to the point. I am your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is in HR, which is what I have my master's degree in, and this is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. All right, let's get into it here. So... If we're all being super honest, we can find bias fairly easily in the hiring process if the organization or person that you're dealing with hasn't done the research and the work to avoid it. So I kind of broke this down into like how you can find bias in different parts of the interview process, so like resumes, interviewing, that sort of thing. So starting with resumes, number one, names. Literally zero weight should be factored into someone's name literally none at all. (laughs) I personally think an ATS system, applicant tracking system, shouldn't even show people's names. Um, However, you know, the different rabbit hole and simply my opinion, because I feel like unconscious bias isn't, it is just that, right? Like just because it's unconscious bias doesn't mean it's not there and isn't impacting someone's decision. Number two, age being too young, too old. Age is literally not a factor. If it is like Title VII, lawsuits, illegal, it you know, all those bad words nobody likes to talk about. It's not good. I would also say what can help on your resume possibly lead someone to think they know how old you are is like your graduation date for either your high school diploma or your bachelor's degree or whatever degree you have. Take it off there. And also one thing to think about too is like for myself personally, like my resume, the last 10 years on my resume is all my recruiting experience. I'm, fuck, how old am I? 35. I've been working since I was 16. Not all of my experience is on my resume, right? Also, I don't include my graduation date on there, not because I think someone's going to think I'm too old, but because it doesn't matter, right? It's irrelevant. I am years past that graduation date to the point where, okay, you have a bachelor's degree, cool. Quite honestly, most companies don't even care anymore, but again, different rabbit hole. (laughs) One thing to note though, you know, too young, too old, that's one thing because that's about your age. A legit reason someone may or may not decide to move forward is if they feel like you're underqualified or overqualified. Um, but age, again, never a valid reason. Just a heads up too, if you think you're underqualified for a role, but you're interested and you have some of the experience, you just don't check every box, apply for it anyway. Literally the worst case scenario is you're rejected. Big deal. 90%, well, half the time, you're not even going to get an email that tells you you're rejected anyway. So <laughs> you probably won't even know. Number three, thinking about in your resume or a link on your resume to a portfolio or something, how can you show your work? Uh, Maybe there's a website or a portfolio or work samples that you can do. Obviously, make sure nothing that you would want to share is confidential to a current or past employer, but it definitely can help you um, stand out in the resume uh, review process, especially if there is like bias at play, right? Now let's think about different bias that we might see in a job description or the application process itself. Number one, having really masculine or really feminine language in the job description. So if you are in the position to be hiring people, do some research, Google it. What 
in specifically in job descriptions is considered feminine language, what's considered masculine. How can you neutralize some of those words so that you're not having bias show up in the job description itself? Number two, controversial language. Anything that talks about or implies around religion, politics, that sort of thing. I don't even know why you'd want to do that to yourself, but... (laughs) All right, now let's look at it from an interviewing perspective. So number one, forming your decision or opinion right away. If you are interviewing someone and within 10 seconds, you can already say yes or no, you probably haven't given that person a fair shot at actually helping you understand their skill set. Now, for whatever reason, I don't know why you're forming that decision so fast. Generally speaking, within the first couple minutes of an interview, like I can usually tell like, yes, this is going to head in a good direction or no. Um, However, I don't make a decision until I'm done with the conversation because I know people can surprise you in a good way or a bad way. (laughs) So ask your questions, understand and evaluate that person's skill set and their qualifications, not just if you think, oh yeah, they have really good hair on their Zoom interview. Like, absolutely not. Number two, every interview has different questions. If you are hiring someone and every single person you talk to has a very different experience, how can you fairly and objectively assess that candidate's skill set and qualifications? So you want to create your questions ahead of time. Now, of course, let's say someone answers a question a particular way and that triggers a follow-up question in your mind. Of course, ask those, but you want to have as much as possible a consistent candidate experience so you can fairly and objectively assess someone's background, their skill set, their qualifications against the job description and what the company is needing from that hire. So a set of questions. If you run out of time, I get that too. So like sometimes it's like, okay, well, I was only able to ask seven out of 10 questions because we started talking about this other thing um, where everybody else I asked, I was able to ask 10 out of 10. That happens. It's one thing to run out of time. It's another to have every interview be all over the place. As a best practice, I always try and make sure that we have interview guides created. So here's the questions I'm going to ask. Here's the questions the hiring managers are going to ask. Here's the questions the team members are going to ask. And here's who the final interviewer is going to ask. Because that way, you're not asking every single person (laughs) the same thing. Because as someone who has been an interviewer and an interviewee, it is really frustrating to be talking about the same shit in every every single interview. Obviously, we do it because, you know, we have to, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying. Number three, decide beforehand, can you hire a brilliant asshole? I've always loved this question as a recruiter because sometimes you're, especially in recruiting, you're going to find someone who's super, super smart, but they are just kind of an asshole. And sometimes when you ask, hey, can we hire the brilliant asshole? Do we need this person to work with others or can they just be independent on their own getting shit done, right? So the ultimate question, does the team fit or culture fit matter or do you just need someone to get shit done? Asking that question, and depending on the answer, obviously could shed some light into some potential bias in the interview process. Number four, good vibes is not a skill set, right? So, oh yeah, I want to hire this person. They had good vibes. I'm sorry, what? Uh, Quantify that for me. What does that mean? Tell me more. Elaborate. What skill set do they bring to the table? I have questions, okay? We, we should not be out here hiring people for good vibes, okay? As much as we see good vibes only, literally everywhere. I feel like everywhere on the internet and posted stickers and, and it doesn't matter. Same thing with your gut feeling. Oh, I just have a really good gut feeling. No, what does that mean? What is the skill set? What do they bring to the table? What are their past successes? What have they failed at and learned from? Like you need to truly assess people. Like what specifically 
were the red flags? What were the green flags, right? Nothing irks me more than a hiring manager. Oh, good vibes, good gut feeling. I'm like, <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about how to interview because that can shed bias, right? Just because someone has good vibes doesn't mean they're qualified for a role. And we need to be hiring people who are qualified and can help us achieve goals and get shit done. Not just uh, good vibes. Good vibes obviously matters if it's a culture fit, but you know what I'm saying. Number five, what does success look like and how are you defining success? So being able to answer this question before you interview candidates is going to help you assess their skill set and their qualifications. Can they do the job? If you don't know what success looks like, how do you know if the person you want to hire is going to be able to meet your needs and be successful in the role? Um, Some companies will even go so far as to create profiles around success for different groups within the company that they uh, work for. So let's say a sales team, for example, a territory sales manager. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Here's what success looks like in this role and actually writing that out and giving specific examples and sharing that with the team. So when they go to interview, they know, okay, here's what we're looking for. Now I can ask my questions and assess do these things line up? Is this person going to be a fit? So now let's talk through just some general best practices when it comes to bias, the interview process, and hiring um, and how to help eliminate some of that bias. Number one. Set diversity goals. Seems pretty straightforward. Seems pretty simple. Uh, if your company doesn't have goals around diversity for hiring, I would definitely bring up that conversation and ask, start asking questions. It's important. It's a big deal. Set diversity goals. Number two, standardize. The best you can standardize the process. Try and make sure people have a consistent standard process for the role. It doesn't have to be for every role. It has to be the same because engineering interview process is probably going to be very different than a marketing interview process. That's okay. But all of the engineering interviews for one job should be similar, the same. I don't want to say identical because that's not realistic, but standardized as much as possible. Number three, build out your process. Document your process. Um, that kind of goes into number four, create resources, right? What are the toolkits you need? Is there SOPs? Do we need to document this process? Do we need to have an FAQ? Make sure that we're building out that process, but then we're also creating resources for that documentation. It really does matter. And it's also helpful when you hire, like, hey, here's this process doc for this. You want to know how to submit a referral. Here you go. Here's a process doc for that. Hey, hiring manager, you want to learn how to submit feedback? Here you go. Here's how you do that, right? So having resources available to share with your team to say, hey, here's how we do this thing versus, you know, kind of more self-serve versus you having to constantly be showing people how to do everything all the time. Number five, stay curious. If you have questions, if you have concerns, whatever it might be, talk to people who you're comfortable with, Google it. If you want to figure out how do I create more diversity in my company, Google that. How do you set diversity goals? Google that. Stay curious. Number six, it's kind of piggybacking off of that. Keep learning. Share what you know, share your knowledge, share your information, ask those questions. Number seven, learn, make your mistakes, fix them going forward. You know, we're again, we don't strive for perfection here. If you've listened to this podcast for probably more than two episodes, you know, perfection isn't it. Getting things done, doing your best. If you make a mistake, you we learn from it. We Maybe we adjust a process. Maybe we change documentation. Maybe we create a success profile or interview guides, whatever it might be. Build out those things that are going to help you from making those same mistakes over and over again. 
All right. I hope you found this helpful, valuable. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time, being here, listening to the show. I appreciate you. Check out the website, stephdennis.com. There's podcast directory services if you need some additional support. You can support the show simply by listening, sharing with a friend, monetarily, PayPal and Anchor. Links are below. Um, You can leave a rating and or review. Helps others find us. You can find me on the socials, stephdennis13, Instagram and TikTok, and then Instagram Career Talk Podcast. We are written, produced, hosted, and edited by yours truly. You are so fantastic. So awesome. I hope you have a lovely, fun rest of your day.